Welcome to Honey Roast, a wholesome hope punk podcast where every other week guest stars roast a creator that they love and are inspired by. Together, we're bringing a little more love and hope in the world and introducing listeners to new creators through sweetness and delight. A major thank you to our Indiegogo producers who helped make this show a reality. Robert Anderson, Robert Vandemotter, Alex Hensley, Kyle Decker, Richard Kreutz-Landry, and Ryan Bolter. I don't know. There's just something about owning a owning your your comedic wheelhouse so deftly without apologizing for it that really speaks to me. This is Honey Roast. He's funny and uses his powers for good. It inspires everyone around him to also laugh. I'm Tess and I'm your host. Hi, Gavin. Hello. Why don't you tell me who you're planning on roasting today? Today I'm planning on roasting Justin McElroy, which is, it was really difficult to come up with who I wanted to talk about today. And then I decided perhaps the person I made a poster of. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My my fiance works at a, a print store and there was like a free promotion she found out about where you could just get a full-size poster printed for free so i cashed that in and i just quickly photoshopped a screenshot of uh justin mcelroy in the final episode of the Mabim bam tv show with in the directorial skit where he's got like his legs up on the seats in front of him and just put the font uh like the, a college font on it that says do not fake the funk on this nasty dunk like that's an actual <laughs> physical poster that exists in my home now so i specifically chose justin mcelroy because i'm not like a great improv comedian and justin's whole steez is leaning into the fact that a joke doesn't necessarily have to go right for it to be wildly successful just the uh there's like a five minute compilation on youtube called justin mcelroy failing to tell jokes and it's one of the funnier things i've ever seen in my life (laughs) If you aren't familiar with Justin McElroy, he's especially known for his work on three core podcasts. My Brother, My Brother and Me, known as Mabim Bam, a comedy podcast he hosts with his brothers, Travis and Griffin. The Adventure Zone, known as Taz, an RPG actual play podcast hosted with his brothers and their dad, Clint, and Sawbones, a comedic medical historical podcast hosted with his wife, Sydney. Do you remember the first time you listened to or saw Justin McElroy. The first time I really got into both Mabim Bam as an overall thing and Justin McElroy's like specific brand of humor was when my fiance and I were first beginning to date. We were chilling on the couch in this apartment that was just god awful. <laughs> my first apartment was pretty bad. We were just on the couch watching this thing that was on CISO. I had my laptop like 
jankily hooked up to the this giant TV that my roommates had, and I was like, yeah, it's about these dudes, and they're pretty, I mean, they're pretty good podcasters, but they made this TV show, and I'm like, almost apologizing, explaining it to her, because we haven't really figured each other out yet, and then we watch the episode about the three McElroy brothers hosting a parade in their town as a roundabout way of convincing a listener's wife to let her her husband have a tarantula. We haven't stopped quoting or referencing the My Brother, My Brother and Me television show since then. To briefly answer your question, if I remember the first time I heard Justin McElroy, I can say it was a Sawbones ad because I used to listen to Judge John Hodgman a lot. It was an ad for Sawbones that I hated to death. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Justin's voice was the most annoying thing I'd ever heard for some reason. I listened to podcasts when I was mowing. I I was the one in charge of mowing the lawn, and it was hot, annoying work, and I think a combination of all that just, when I heard him joking about putting a chicken on his arm to cure polio or whatever, I just was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what a 180, though. Like, going from, like, just despising the sound of his voice to him being the person you want to gush over. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. So was it that like specifically, you know, you're sitting on the couch with your fiance who you said you hadn't been dating for very long at the time. And so you're watching this show and, and was that like the hook into you? Yeah. Because there's a, there's a, purity to the I mean a a lot of content that the McElroy brothers as a whole make but there's a purity to Justin in those episodes especially the final one after they've had this huge candle nights live show and everything and he starts crying because you know this is one of the rare moments when all three of them are in Huntington together seeing this genuine moment of someone just like letting it go in front of a camera in a comedy show and it's just this pure little moment and then he he wraps it up with that whole uh thing where he puts one leg up on the stage after they've left and he just goes justin man about town can you put the can you just put the tech stuff on? <laughs> justin man about town. <laughs> and it's just this wonderful little throwaway joke and they don't even put the text up <laughs> I hadn't watched the Mabim Bam TV show at first because, being Canadian, I simply didn't have access to the network that it was aired on. It remained unavailable, and I largely forgot about it, until Gavin told me he was planning on roasting Justin a few weeks before we recorded. Thank goodness it was finally available, because I was able to watch it shortly after Gavin's roast. In an effort to mirror Gavin's first listening experience, my husband and I settled in with a big bag of chips on the couch, intent on binging it all in one night. It actually took us two nights, but we laughed until we were in tears at many points throughout the series, and frankly were a little bit sad to see that there was no more of the show to watch. I made a point to pay attention to Justin's jokes, and the way that he carried himself through failed jokes, and, like Gavin mentioned, his commitment to the bit. Whether listening or watching to Justin's work, for me, the best part is actually watching his family react to his comedy. His wit and dedication to salvage a joke that's falling apart gets not only his family peeling with laughter, but his fans as well. I don't know, there's just something about owning a, owning your, your comedic wheelhouse so deftly without apologizing for it that really speaks to me. How so? Like, have you long been a fan of of comedy and his particular 
style just like is something that you connect with really deeply or well as a kid i mean i, I as a teen into my adult years now i was very much into stand-up comedy and in the same way that some people go through a magic phase where they just study magic tricks i was more into like the nuts and bolts of comedy and there are certain styles that click with me and certain that don't I respect comedy that takes like bravado and bravery to tell not necessarily because it's edgy or something but because it might not work making a joke about airline food or something like that it's kind of easy it's even become the go-to joke about telling a bad joke but standing on the floor of E3 with a microphone next to your two brothers <laughs> and going on this nonsensical rant about how this car you're standing next to is so big it could be a car sandwich and how Reggie from Nintendo could eat a car and he's just like saying words that are just coming out of his mouth and they work but they don't <laughs> and Commitment to the bit, I guess, is the best way to phrase it. Because, I mean, even in the Adventure Zone, if you look at Taco, like, the Adventure Zone started as my brother, my brother, and me plays D&D. That's, like, there wasn't a lot to it. He names his character Taco, but then purposely spells it T-A-A-K-O to make it fantasy waves fingers. Right. And there even was the running bit about how his destiny was to slowly piece together the actual recipe right. for tacos. But then the character like over the two years that balance took to make it grows and expands and even in pedals to the metal when there's when uh magnus and merle are still kind of forming into characters taco has this wonderful little rant uh at one point near the middle before the race starts where he goes on a tear about i'm a fully formed character <laughs> i have feelings and taco has one of the more I mean, all three main characters have impactful, meaningful endings, but I don't know, just Taco's really stuck with me as this, like, on-brand ending to the character. And then he goes on to do, you know, Duck Newton in the, in the new full season of Adventure Zone. I just really respect Justin McElroy's creative abilities. Do you think actually seeing him and the way he was comedic physically as well um, helped hook you and and that's what helped turn you to to being able to hear and, and love his comedy through the audio medium I will say the the physicality his physicality does like the way he holds himself during his bits does amplify them but chronologically by the time we watch, by the time Jordan and I watched the Mabim Bam show, I was like heart I was ride or die into Mabim Bam and Taz. I will say his like the way he carries himself and the way he uh, he physically acts does amplify it because I mean you just have a whole nother thing to work with. But um, the thing that really got me into and that got me to not be annoyed by his voice was really just listening to Mabim Bam. I, for some reason, they're all, I always hear these stories about how the McElroys, doesn't matter which, like, there's always some sort of road bump someone had with them listening to that, like, you can't, they couldn't tell them apart, or they they didn't even know Travis existed because <laughs> they didn't pay attention and they thought Justin and Travis sounded the same. I don't know, it's like weird. I just got inoculated to their stuff. Also, like, I think some of it is due to my listening to Mabim Bam and Taz and realizing like what them doing a bit sounds like 
and what them not doing a bit sounds like. So the, the, the Sawbones ad, which I now think is a pretty good ad for a podcast, is totally just like a bit. And actually, Sawbones is one of my uh, examples of what Justin McElroy and by extension Sydney are doing to like do good in the industry. Because like I, I dig the dude's comedy, but one of the things Justin McElroy is doing, and I do want to stress, like I'm not just saying this is my favorite McElroy. I just pick someone to honey roast here. <laughs> Uh, Sawbones is both comedic and does some good in the world. Like it's fighting against pseudoscience. It's talking about, you know, it's talking about old timey 1800s. Isn't funny that they use heroin for everything and that kind of shtick, but also like talking about fake medicines that just don't work and people are still selling them today. Justin also opened this podcast studio in a co-working space in Huntington, West Virginia. I mean, There are a lot of podcasters who do a lot of good in the world, but he opened a podcasting studio that's easy and affordable to rent in Huntington, West Virginia. And I don't mean that as a dig to Huntington, but like he did it in his hometown to make a difference in his hometown that he lives in. He could have written a check to Max Fun or something like that. Like Max Fun could have started an LA based podcasting studio. Probably would get way more foot traffic, probably would make a lot of money. But putting it in Huntington makes it personal and important, and it makes changes in this relatively small city, you know? There's just something, I don't know, there's something worthwhile about that instead of just being like, here's another thing in New York, L.A., or Chicago. Right. I mean, when, when you look at his comedy and your, your love of stand-up comedy from such a young age, is it anybody with his kind of style or does he have something like very, very specific that is so different than anyone else? Like, is it that ability to fail at a joke upward? It's, it, there's something, because it is, it's like, it's inten- it's not intentionally failing, but it's owning it. I mean, there's that wonderful bit from last year that has been animated by Louis Zong where Griffin McElroy has been riffing new lyrics to an ice cream truck song to the tune of Do Your Ears Hang Low. And then he purposely, like, he purposely turns the bit to Justin because he, Justin and Travis haven't been making up lyrics and forces Justin into a improv corner of you have to say yes and and you have to start singing and he just does and it doesn't quite work <laughs> but it's also the funniest thing there's a there's a i think the the intentional failing acts as a sort of smoke screen for the fact that Justin McElroy is also a really witty person uh one of my favorite jokes he's ever done didn't make it into the TV show, and it's one word. <laughs> it's a single word, and it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's a it's a deleted scene. You can find it on VRV with all the deleted scenes or in the like compilations that are put up on YouTube. They're filming cold opens, and the cold open for the Mabim Bam TV show is always just you know the camera makes them move past the desk they're all sh- they're all sitting at. And then they'll say something. Uh, And they're doing lots of weird bits. And a lot of them don't make it because they're just trying whatever comes to mind. This one particular bit, the camera is off screen or offset. And it just kind of swings in onto a group shot of all three of them. They're all looking down at the table. I have no clue what they were planning on or intending to say. But they're all looking down. And Justin has his eyes closed and he just goes, amen. 
Welcome everybody, my brother, my brother, and me, advice show for the modern era. And him saying amen in this 100%, he sells it. It's just, <laughs> he sells it so earnestly that he doesn't even get five words into the intro. And Griffin's losing his shit, and Travis is trying to not lose his shit, but already has. He just destroys everybody with one amen. Like, it's just so earnestly sold that Jordan and I sometimes will just look at each other and one of us just go (laughs) (laughs) I love that like the layer of you enjoying his his comedy and his you know work is layered with this connection with your fiance about enjoying that together and and how you've brought some of his jokes into your your day-to-day life together like 25% of our communication is us quoting something and it's usually from the McElroys such as the scene where they're in the van calling the agents of famous people trying to get cameos there'll just be a silence and Jordan will go call Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> Because that's what Griffin says, and then Justin starts laughing his ass off, and Griffin just points at me and goes, See, you're not ready! Uh, so we'll just be sitting there, and one of us will go, Call Ellen DeGeneres. The other one will laugh, and then the first one will say, See, you're not ready. <laughs> like, I, I, I get that it's just us quoting things we've seen on the internet. But there, there is that connection, you know? Yeah. I really love that. I, I dig that. Is there something that like about his work that you really is so important to you? Like, is there is there anything that like really connects it to any particular moment in your life or moments, or it, does it all just kind of blend together? I didn't really get into Bim Bam until I started uh, like the back half of my college career, and there are two things that like specifically Justin McElroy's comedy connect to. First is that early phase of Jordan and I's relationship where I'm kind of like, hey, I dig podcasts and I know you're not into that, but look at this thing that's related to it. And then we're running around uh, quoting the Safety Town skit and shit like that. Um, it became kind of our depression watch. Like if we if we have $20 worth of Chinese food that we've picked up because we didn't feel like cooking that day and it's been a shit day at work and we just sit lazily on the couch with VRV playing Up and Bim Bam episode we've seen a thousand times and we're still laughing at it like we've not really seen it before. There's that. It's kind of like that, that, like when we first moved in together after having dated for like six months and now we're engaged to be married. It was just, it's like we found this common ground of this is a thing we both like and it appeals to both, both of our senses of humor. And then the other thing is when I was nearing the end of college and I would be running around campus. I had a job delivering newspapers and I had just this big ass metal cart full of 2,500 newspapers that I had to get to wherever. And I just had, I burned through like 300 episodes of My Brother, My Brother and Me doing that. And it's just kind of like intricate, like hearing, you know, not the ice cream bit, but earlier episodes that I can't quite remember off the top of my head right now, where I was just walking around campus laughing my ass off. And then I come to find like, oh, you know, 
one of these three people is helping out potential media creators in his hometown. He owns up to things on Twitter that other people wouldn't. Like recently, two, three days before we're recording this, he said something on Sawbones that was just like, it's a really common turn in a phrase that someone said, hey, that's got some racist connotations to it. It's got a, you know, real bad history to it. And he just straight up tweeted like, sorry, I fully recognize that's not cool, not gonna do it anymore. And the only response after that was someone giving him crap for having to, quote, censor himself, and he just dunks on him so hard. <laughs> like, he's funny and uses his powers for good, and that's not something you usually see from a straight white comedian on the internet, uh, is someone who's willing to grow and try to do better things in the world. And as a straight white creator on the internet it like sometimes I like I make efforts to check myself as much as humanly possible and it's just inspiring to see that there are people you can look up to that aren't going to milkshake duck within three weeks you know? yeah and, and it seems to me like from what you're talking about and the, and the way that you're you know the way that he inspires you is it's almost like there, there's so much toxic masculinity and there's so much of that in yeah. white cis het male environments that, that to have somebody who really is an example of what you can be and how you can use your power for good, like, yeah. it almost makes you enjoy the comedy more. Yeah, because, like, they straight up say, don't listen to the first episodes of My Brother, My Brother and Me. They say some, some shady shit in there because uh, it's just three white dudes making jokes on the internet back when the idea of a podcast was very different from what it can be today and i don't want to sit here and be like justin mcelroy is a paragon of humanity like myself and him are doing our best but also like checking your privilege isn't necessarily the whoop-de-doo yeah. you know like <laughs> but it's something that a lot of people fucking fail yeah. at constantly and it's just nice to see like i'm not saying Justin McElroy is my role model because he's not a horrible piece of shit. But Justin McElroy brings a lot of positivity and enjoyment to my my life because he owns whenever he fucks yeah. up. And I try to also own whenever I fuck up. I think that's something that makes me appreciate the McElroys is that it, it's not this like they're not the, these like perfect beings you know like I mm -hmm. like seeing when they fuck up and the way they handle it not that I want them to fuck up but just like when they do the way that they handle it is just like so honest yeah it's neat to me that Justin's personality and the way that he acts outside of his comedy just like adds to who he is and and how you can respect him as a, as a comedian and as a person yeah i do want to stress that like as someone who follows your follow comedy as much as i did there is a justin mcelroy being on air quotes and then there is the human being that we don't see a lot of because like whenever he's in front of a camera or a microphone he has to be on like there's even right now i am being a little bit more on than of i would course. be if i were sitting here editing yeah. right so like it's important to or i find it important to make the distinction like i think justin mcelroy in bim bam and taz and blah, 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 is all the same person like but the you know justin mcelroy on twitter justin mcelroy in bim bam justin mcelroy in front of a tv camera and him just at podcon all of those 
little variances and differences mesh into one consistent brand of, you know what, if this joke doesn't pan out, who gives a shit? (laughs) (laughs) Is there like, is there a bit of his that you like absolutely love that if somebody has like never encountered him before that you would be like, no, this is where you need to start? That uh, the compilation on that I've mentioned on YouTube fits pretty damn well. It's hard to it's hard to think because they're like there's so many munch squads and stuff. Actually, you know what? I'll tell you right now. It's the bit in it's in the Tarantula episode of the Mabim Bam TV show, and it that's for free on YouTube, so you can look that one up. There's a there's a section where they're in the mayor's office pitching to the mayor that they need permission to take a parade through downtown Huntington. Uh, and he's like, no, that's no. <laughs> and the the joke in Justin's head is, all right, uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch him a, a a campaign negative campaign ad if he says no. And the, the he fucks up within like three words. It's like, I want you to throw your mind in the future. Uh, and this is the commercial that's on TV. Mayor Steve Williams says he wants fun things for downtown West Virginia. <laughs> and he just starts losing it as he tries to make it sound like him's the mayor saying no to a parade for tarantulas will sink his entire political career. And everyone in the room is laughing along with him. <laughs> Usually with comedy, you think things have to go so specifically and be so well laid out. And if you screw up a line, everything's just going to grind to a dead halt. But his, like, high-pitched laugh and, like, his whole body gets into it whenever he loses his composure. It inspires everyone around him to also laugh and go with it. Justin McElroy is the human embodiment of yes and. That, that's my that's my, my salacious <laughs> quote for the episode. <laughs> I love it. Why is his work important to anybody to at least engage with at least once? You know, like, what is it about his work that anybody can enjoy? It's it's somebody who wants to make entertainment going for it no matter what. And as someone who just really likes comedy that even if it fails, it tried, that is just very attractive to me. The idea of, you know... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell this joke about this campaign ad, and oh no, it's not going great, but let's keep going. <laughs> there is not an awkward stop in anything that has been published, and you know, edited and published, so there's a little bit of that veneer over it. But there are very, very few times Justin McElroy has ever awkwardly stopped mid-sentence trying to recompose <laughs> himself. <laughs> like, a, a good example of this that is not him that I can use is in Seattle... Uh, the day before PodCon, Multitude put on a live show, and one of the segments was Eric Silver, host of Join the Party. Eric Silver got up on stage for a good 10-15 minutes and did a live episode of a non-existent Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, where the joke is the host is a real bad podcaster who's just so damn passionate about Yu-Gi-Oh! to the point where some of the jokes were structured in a way that he would he would have to hit something on a laptop to transition a slide, but he would position himself so far away on the stage that he would say a a keyword and then have to awkwardly walk over and hit the button. That requires so much bravery to just let an audience sit for five seconds and think (laughs) about something. And that's the thing that Justin McElroy's comedy does a lot is you can, like, you can see the train's going to go off the tracks, but you can't not look, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's why his work's important because, like, it's funny when it works, and it's funny when it doesn't. 
which is a, a rare yeah. thing, and I respect it so much. That's awesome. I love that so much. Thank you so much, Gavin. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Justin and his brothers have inspired and influenced a huge number of people. At least half of the Discord servers I'm in have several McElroy freeze frames as emoji reactions, and I only have to tell folks I'm down or need some cheering up with some McElroy content, and I'll get video compilations and recommendations. The effect they've had on the podcasting community has been immense, and it's not hard to find shows, articles, fan art, Twitter threads, and videos celebrating their work. It's mostly impossible, to me at least, to have a favorite McElroy. They all give me joy in different ways, whether through their characters on Taz or through their own style in their various podcasts. Since talking to Gavin, though, I feel like I pay more attention to the way that Justin tells his jokes and the way that he owns them. In some ways, I find myself enjoying his brand of comedy even more than before, because I used to think that Justin was the bad-at-comedy brother whose failed jokes just purposely fed the follow-up jokes by his siblings. But I almost find him funnier than the other two in some ways now. It's got that specific intentionality behind it that I never really considered until talking to Gavin. Justin is a bright shining light of comedy and joy in this world. His brand of comedy is silly and ridiculous and exactly what we need. You can find Justin on Twitter at Justin McElroy and on his family's website, themcelroy.family. Links are in the show notes. And now, let's get that honey roasting in reverse. It's time for the reverse roast. Gavin Gaddis. Gavin is incredibly kind, silly, and seems to be endlessly joyful. He brings this joy to podcasts and his work as a podcast critic, and even co-hosts the incredible show Tuned In Dialed Up with fellow critic and journalist Will Williams. They talk about their shining moments in podcasting, their recommendations, and have in-depth conversations about something in the podcasting industry. It's one of my favorite podcasts about podcasts that showcases the industry in a way that is a perfect balance of critique, respect, and celebration. Gavin's joyful nature is contagious, and interacting with him on Twitter or on Discord is always a breath of fresh air. And this is reflected easily in standard docking procedure, Gavin's sci-fi workplace audio sitcom set aboard a cantankerous old space station. It blends slice of life with sci-fi in the most wholesome ways, and every episode leaves me smiling. Gavin is a delight, and I'm so glad to have gotten the chance to talk to him and get to know him over the past year or so. He's talented, funny, and full of life and light. You can find Gavin on Twitter, at ThePodReport, and on his website, ThePodReport.com. Links are in the show notes. Honey Roast is co-produced by Tess Kokyo and Julia Shafini, edited by Tess Kokyo and Julia Shafini, with sound design by Julia Shafini. Special thanks to our creative consultant, Will Williams. Our visual design and art assets are by Mandy Corcoran, and our theme music is composed by Emily E. Mayo. All music from this episode, apart from the theme music, is by Lobo Loco and licensed under a Creative Commons license. Link is in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter at HoneyRoastPod. Transcripts for every episode can be found on our website, HoneyRoastPod.com. For even more Honey Roast love, check out our Patreon. By becoming a patron, you get access to bonus episodes, detailed show notes, exclusive merch, and so much more. For more details, go to Patreon.com slash HoneyRoast. 
If you can't support us financially, another fantastic way to help the show and spread the love is to recommend us to a friend or family member. We can only grow by sharing and caring.